Why is it that having healthy boundaries is so important to protect and to grow our relationship with God? That is what we're going to talk about today, sister. I am joined by a very, very special guest, the beautiful Beatrice Vargas of the Grace Fueled Wife podcast. And she is going to be speaking to us both about being a grace-fueled wife, but also really making sure that you have healthy boundaries to protect your own walk with God, which really is the key to having successful and thriving relationships with others, such as our spouses, our parents, our friends, etc., you name it. So really, it is key. She's such a great example of just being that grace-fueled person, that grace-fueled wife, sister, mom, that we have to be and and in order to glorify God. And you're going to hear her story today, and she's going to tell you her own testimony as well. And I love that she took the time to do that because it really does, it really is a beautiful story. And you see how her putting God first, despite what she went through and the challenges she went through in her marriage years ago, which is now, praise God, healed and well and doing and thriving and doing awesome, but just how her own relationship and walk with God if it wasn't for that, she would not be where she's at or their marriage would definitely not be where it's at. So what an example of a person. Grateful to have had her on my show and I think you will enjoy this. All right, my sister, are you ready for this? All right, let's do it. Are you so busy and overwhelmed that you can't get enough time to connect with God? Are distractions robbing you of your time with Jesus? Is your motivation to spend time in the Word just not what it used to be? Do you want to be more consistent in your personal Bible study? Welcome home, sister. I'm Rosie, a mom, wife, teacher, and devoted disciple of Jesus. And like you, I struggled to stay consistent with my Bible study. When life got busy, I felt so overwhelmed that spending time in God's Word was no longer a priority. In my hardest seasons of life, my motivation to be in the Bible grew weak. I lost my convictions and walked away from God. But by His grace, my faith was restored and with a conviction to never take God's word for granted again. If you're tired of letting the enemy steal away your time, energy, focus, and motivation, then sister, this podcast is for you. So go reheat your coffee, dust off your journal and Bible, and get ready to take back your time. Before we start, I'd like to have just a little heart-to-heart with you, my sister. I know you feel like time has been running from you. You've been overwhelmed with a busy schedule. You feel all over the place with all kinds of distractions coming between you and God. Sometimes you even feel unmotivated to read your Bible. You feel like it's practically impossible to have a deep Bible study every day because there simply is no time. I know you feel like the only thing you can do is have maybe a quick made-for-you devotional that perhaps helps quench your thirst for God just a little bit, but never really satisfies the hunger that you feel to have a close connection with your Father in heaven. Sister, I know how this feels because I have been there. I'm here to tell you that there is a way for you to actually get deep in your Bible every day single day and truly connect with God in much less time than you think. That way, sister, you can have the kind of peace that only God can give you. And most importantly, you can grow in your faith. Do you know what it takes, sister? It takes developing a Bible study routine 
that will create a lasting habit. Sister, sister, it is time to say yes to growing your most important relationship. So I have a question for you. Are you ready to take back your time with God? Are you ready to stop letting the enemy get in the way of your most important relationship? My sister, I want to sit down with you to develop a strategy that will work specifically for you and your unique time needs. A strategy that can help you draw closer to God every day through a consistent and effective Bible study routine. Just go to the intentionalchristianwoman.com to book your call with me today. I look forward to hearing from you, my sister. Hello, Beatrice. I'm so glad to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Rosie. It's a pleasure to be here today. Yes, it's really good to have you. I, I'm really excited because I, I do love your podcast. I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself. I love your podcast. I love what you do. And I really love the topic that we're going to talk about today, which I think will really, really be a blessing to my listeners, which is basically how to set proper boundaries without feeling guilty. And this is something that I think a lot of us struggle with, particularly when in my show, we talk about study, you know, having your Bible study routines and just really putting your relationship with God as a priority. Mm -hmm. So I would love it if you can start by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure, sure. So I'm a Jesus loving wife, mom of two. I'm a full time grad student studying to be a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, I live in New York City. And that uh, full time student thing was born out of my podcast and my coaching business, which is The Grace-Fueled Wife. And through that, I'm basically a wife coach. And I help Christian women stop fighting with their husbands and communicate clearly. And what happens is people often ask me, how did you even get into that? Because I have a background in corporate retail and real estate. And so they're like, how does somebody with a corporate background and retail and, and real estate, I'm, one of my many jobs, I'm a real estate agent. They're like, how did you even find yourself in a place where you have such a passion for marriage therapy and marriages? And uh, over the years, I've basically have found that healthy marriages, or I believe that healthy marriages and families hold the key for generational change. So you could be a Christian and still have an unhealthy marriage and family. And if we're just speaking to those who are unsaved, like first, like you need Jesus, right? But for everybody mm -hmm. else, everybody listening to this show, we have Jesus. So what's next, right? What, like what happens after we find him? And I think that the importance of families is so paramount. There's so many scriptures in the Bible where God talks about the importance of families. One of my favorites is Psalm 68, 6, where he says he puts the lonely in families. And what happens is for me, I'm a Latina and uh, in our culture, family is paramount, which is great if that family is healthy. And so I have now this passion to help people now have healthy marriages and families. So that was the first reason. The, the second reason actually happened to be my own marriage story and uh, what happened with that. And so um, I can talk about my own marriage story, but essentially that is what led me to, I felt like God calling me to a place mm -hmm. where one day God was like, you will impact thousands with your story. And I was like, what story? Like, what are we talking about, God? Like, <laughs> what story? Like, what? And um, I really felt that it was my marriage story that he was referring to. And for me, 
it turns out, so my husband and I have been together for 20 years. We've been married for 15. And about 10 years ago, we were in such a bad place in our marriage. Like we, we were like roommates where mm-hmm. we lived in the same house, you know, like we shared, you know, everything, but there was no real connection between us. We would fight. We would go days, sometimes weeks without really speaking or communicating it more than like, mm, well, like what time are we picking up the kid? Like, or we would just very, very minimal of what we had to do to basically just raise my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was nothing really, no sense of real love or connection between the two of us because we had all this other stuff going on. So one day I come home from a business trip and I come home to an empty apartment. And this is something that my husband and I had discussed. We had been going through all this stuff and and we knew, I saw, I knew that he was leaving, but essentially he left me and we were separated for nine months. And it, the work that God had started to do in me started way before my husband left. It started, you know, months before my husband left. Uh, because I was desperate. I was like, I felt like he was leaving. Like I felt my marriage slipping through my fingers. I felt him going. And for me, um, you know, I don't, I, when I talk to my clients and, and my listeners about this, like I don't necessarily condone hanging on to a really abusive or toxic marriage. Mm-hmm. That's not what I had. I, you know, I didn't have an abusive husband. He was an amazing man. He loved me. He loved our daughter. We were just not communicating. Mm-hmm. And I felt the whole time that God being like, you're not done. Like this marriage is not done. And at the time I was a believer. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was really standing firm on my faith and he didn't have, you know, for him, it, that just wasn't his story. And I had so many people like, oh, well, he's not a believer. What are you going to do? I mean, I even had like pastors tell me, well, he's an, he's an unbeliever. So according to God's word, like he can go and you're free. <laughs> it's just like, okay, I know that's what the Bible says, but like, that's not what I feel God calling me for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, like, I really felt like God saying, no, there's something here. Hang on mm-hmm. to this marriage. And so I fought for it. Like I fought for my marriage, but I had no resources for my, for me. Like, what was I, you know, I didn't really feel like I had anybody to talk to. Um, I could talk to my parents or my sister, but like, who was I going to talk to that was going to um, be a neutral party? Who could I talk to that was, I didn't want it to be like any sort of thing where I was bashing my husband right? Because that's not what it was about. I didn't want to talk to like, I could sit there and talk to my mom. And then she just get mad at him, right? Or sit there and talk to a friend or whoever. And then they start to get resentful because they love me. And they feel like, well, he's doing these things that are quote unquote wrong. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, where was I to go? So I really felt alone in that time. Mm. So where did I turn, right? I turned, I did turn to a couple of uh, books that were written by Christians about marriages. But really, I turned to my Bible. And mm-hmm. what happened was I started to, God really started to reveal to me like where I was at fault in the process. Where was I wrong in my marriage? Now, mind you, he's the one who left, right? And it wasn't anything like there wasn't infidelity. There wasn't, there was nothing major like that. But it, so on the surface, it looked like, oh, he's the wrong one because he didn't want to stick it out and work on the marriage. When in reality, it was just a a cry for help. You know, he was like, 
he was there. That was his way of saying, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And God really started to do a work in me. And so instead of me just being like, well, he needs to do this and he needs to do that. And doesn't, you know, why isn't he better at this? And why does he blah, 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 blah. He really started to completely change my entire heart, my entire mindset. And, but that, that came from uh, this really close relationship with the Lord that I was able to develop at that time. Yeah. And so I remember even my sister saying like, you, you, you look much better than you should. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, for what you're going through right now, she's like, you have this glow about you that I just, I, I can't understand. And I'm like, girl, that's Jesus. Because mm-hmm. it was like wow. the only thing that I felt like I could hold on to, to carry me through. And the whole way through, God was faithful and he spoke to me. And, you know, like he told me when my husband left in January, he had said, you'll be back together in nine months. And sure enough, by that September, we were back together. And he, and he another time uh, in my time with him, he had said to me, because I was like, should, should I, I was much younger, this was 10 years ago. So I was like, should I get remarried? Like, you know, not really knowing what I should do. God, do you even want me to fight for this? And at one point he said to me, I'm going to bring you the same man, but a, a new man, but the same man. And I was like, wow. wow. And he did. And all those things he did. Right. And that mm-hmm. all came from um, really just that relationship with him and then being able to um, kind of walk in that. And so my podcast and my coaching business has come from a place of I'm trying to give other women what I didn't have. So I'm trying to give mm-hmm. other women that third party resource of like, yeah. I can be here. I can be that sounding board yeah. that you can talk to. That's not going to judge you. That's not going to judge your husband. Mm -hmm. That's just going to kind of help you walk through this process. Because on the other side, whether or not you stay together or not, there's a work that God is trying to do here. And that's really what I help women with. And and for the most part, what I have found is really comes down to communication, right? And like, how are we communicating with each other? And, Mm -hmm. you know, and and boundaries is one of them because so Mm -hmm. often we use boundaries. I'm going to say air Mm -hmm. quotes boundaries mm-hmm. but what we're really doing is trying to manipulate the situation mm-hmm. okay because we're putting boundaries in his way but it's not really a boundary mm-hmm. so not understanding that boundaries are almost like a property line yeah um, and the a best book on this that i could recommend i recommend this book every conversation i have about ba- boundaries is boundaries in marriage by dr henry club i gotta check hold on Dr. Henry Cloud and John Townsend. Oh, yeah. Like one of the they have some really good books. Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, awesome. What, yeah, it's such a great resource. But essentially what they talk about is that boundaries is like a property line. Mm-hmm. And so it shows that you can affect what is in your property line, right? It's kind of like the yeah. idea of keep your eyes on your own paper, mm-hmm. which helped me to realize that I can't change him. Any Mm -hmm. attempts to change him are really just manipulation, Mm -hmm. right? But if I start to make changes in myself, all of a sudden, he, then the change comes, right? Because he's reacting to the changes that I've created in myself. And I think 
understanding that shift of what what like true boundaries really are made a huge it was one of the things that made a huge difference for me and that's what allowed me to stop being like it's all him it's his fault he mm-hmm. sold this he sold that blah 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 yeah because it was like Mm-mm, we can't worry about that and I love how you're starting with that because you're basically speaking to uh how it is really one's own responsibility to be able to set that boundary so that your relationship with whatever person could improve our, in our case, we're going to be talking also really about our relationship with God, but this is a quick example because when I, um, when we think about a relationship with God, I, I always think about like a marriage, right? Cause we are the bride of Jesus, right? So the, the fact that relationship is we, the church are his bride, whether it's a man or a woman who's a Christian, we are his bride. So we have to think of our relationship with God as something to treasure even more, even higher than our marriage. So already God, as you know, calls us to a standard of respect and communication and just uh, love and, and all the things that the Bible teaches about loving one another in our marriage. You cannot change the person, like you said, you can change yourself and you can put in healthy boundaries for yourself in order to as long as the purpose is to improve the relationship, like you said, not manipulate, but to improve it. And so the health, that's where healthy, I know, I know he talks, uh, those authors talk a lot about healthy boundaries and they have Mm -hmm. various books. So I really love them. They're, they're great um, authors. So I love that you shared that. Um, And, and I love that you share your marriage story. So um, what, could you give an example of, for example, how has setting uh, boundaries in your marriage has helped your marriage specifically. And then after that, um, if you could talk about setting boundaries uh, in, so I'll I'll ask you ahead of time, because I know this is going to flow. <laughs> um, so if, in my show, as you know, I speak to women about the importance of creating a Bible study routine to deeply connect with God. And I know that if we don't have proper, and you and I know, we don't have proper mm-hmm. boundaries to protect our time with the Lord, we will simply not be consistent or grow in our relationship with him pretty much like in a marriage, right? So can you give us, after you tell us more, uh, an example with your marriage, how does that, how can you give us some practical tips that can help us protect our relation, sorry, so that we can set proper boundaries to, to protect our relationship with God and not feel guilty. And that's the key, yes. right? And not yes. feel guilty about yes. those boundaries. So yes. go ahead. <laughs> This is um, the reason why I like to talk about boundaries. um, And in the case of your show, why I think uh, my story can resonate a lot is because one of the reasons why uh, my husband left, one of the reasons why my marriage, and I'm going to air quotes again, say fell apart, was because when we got married, we were not saved. I was raised Catholic. He was raised Catholic, but I I was like non-practicing. I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, but I did grow up going to church every Sunday. And uh, like we met doing tequila shots in a club. Like that's just, that's was, that's my story. Mm-hmm. And years later, now we're married, have a baby and like we're hungover on a Sunday morning. Baby's like woke up early, crawling all over me. I'm feeling terrible. And I just, in that moment, felt so convicted of like, you weren't raised this way. And I turned around, I looked at my husband and I said, I think I need to find a church. And he looked at me like I was crazy. 
Mm -hmm. He's like, what? Mm -hmm. Right. Because I had never in the course of our dating, in the course of our marriage had never really made uh, God a priority. When we met, I said, what's I knew like in my heart, you know, it's like, God, I knew that he was going to be a part of my life. And so the the few things I did ask him was, well, what's your relationship with God look like? And he was like, no, I was growing up, you know, I was raised Catholic, like, okay. And so I was like, okay, we're on the same page in that regard, right? There wasn't really much of a difference I felt at the time. When we got married and we had our wedding ceremony was, which was not in a church. The only thing that I had, um, I was very clear on is I want a, a Christian, like, like a reverend, to do our marriage ceremony because I do want God to be a part of our wedding ceremony. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, cool. I'm good with that. Right. Cause we, again, growing up Catholic for us, we would have gotten married in the Catholic church. But at that point, but both my parents have, were both like uh, born again. And so that was my only experience before getting married. And until this day where mm-hmm. I felt this sense of conviction. So you start looking for God, you find him. And I started looking for a church. I found him a couple of months later. I fully gave my heart to Jesus. I All of a sudden, I wanted to be a part of the church. I wanted to start reading my Bible. I wanted to start listening to worship music. And all of this came about, not because anybody told me, but because like I really wanted to. And the whole time, my husband's like, whoa, who are you? And what have you done with my wife? Right? Mm-hmm. And so for him, it was conflicting like he didn't know what to do with this person that I was becoming and then at the same time I'm a person who like I love to help I love to be involved and so what happens now I'm involved in ministry and like I want to be so involved and I want to be in church every Sunday so we go from like drinking and partying on Saturday nights to all of a sudden like within a year I want to be in church every Sunday and I'm serving in ministry and he was just like I am I'm confused mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So for him, one of the things that he said was, I did not sign up for some crazy Christian wife. Mm. Because in his mind, he's like, I, if you were like this, when we met, we wouldn't have gotten married. Mm. And as hurtful as that was, I said, okay, right. And that was part of what helped me to understand, like, I need to let him go and just leave the door open for him to come back because that was all there was right I mean yeah we had all this fighting but that was like a whole other level Mm. of fighting and I remember one day in in particular his mom who's you know elderly is old Latina lady and she tells me she goes in Spanish she tells me so what's going on with you guys this is after we had separated and I was like he left we'll ask your son I don't know And she goes, oh, well, I hear that he left because you're going to church now. So I tell her, if your son wants to leave me because I'm going to church, then let him leave. And she was like, (gasps) she was like appalled. Like, how could I say that? But for me, I felt like in this case, I felt like that was a boundary. That was something that I was willing to give up. Right. I, if if he wanted to walk away because I was going to church, then he could walk away, you know, and that was something that I held on to. Now, with that, I will say I did make a lot of mistakes and uh, I teach a lot of uh, my wives like it, it becomes a common problem for women who are married to unbelievers where all of a sudden they try to be his Holy Spirit. 
And they try to like, you know, force him to go to church, force him to join the small group or like meet Christian Mm -hmm. friends so that like they try to save him. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is another issue. Again, going back to the problem of boundaries Mm -hmm. and not worrying about yourself and worrying about other people, because that's a a boundary violation. Mm -hmm. So once I once this whole thing happened, I stopped obviously trying to do that because he's his own person. Mm -hmm. Once I stopped trying to do that. And he left and I said, okay, God, because a big part of this was trusting. Okay, God, I'm going to stop trying to hang on to my husband and I'm going to let you handle it. So Mm -hmm. it was all, it wasn't like one thing or two things. It was all the things put together, right? Of saying, okay, God, now I'm surrendering this to you. And in that time, God did a work on my husband separate from me. And ultimately, as the story goes, as an unbeliever, my God spoke, God spoke to my husband and said, you better go get your family back. This is from Mm. my husband's words, was not a believer at the time. And he was Mm. like, babe, I heard, it wasn't audible, but I heard a voice. I can't really explain it. And I was like, yes, God, that's like kind of how it works. Like it's not audible, but you hear it. And you're like, that's not Mm -hmm. my, you know, and he was like, I knew it wasn't my thoughts. Wow. And that God spoke to his heart and said, what are you doing? you better go get your family back. And within a week, he had come back and was like, I'm sorry. And sure enough, just like God told me, it was at that nine month mark. And even then there was still more things we had to work through. But that's an example of how understanding what a proper boundary looks like. And I didn't understand at the time. Mm-hmm. Under At the time was the first time I read this book, Boundaries in Marriage, which I now, again, have multiple copies. I like recommend them to my clients. But that was the first time I ever even understood what those concepts look like to me, mm. right? That was this, that book was one of the few books. It was maybe three. Love Languages was, was the second. Oh yeah. It was like mm. one, right. It was one of the few books that I was like, okay, I had just my Bible and like the basic principles in this book, this was going to help me through. Mm-hmm. And that's how I was able to get through. And I think that importance of boundaries, especially as it relates to your faith, mm-hmm. is like, that is paramount. And mm-hmm. I, and I think that like, for me, the, the big understanding is because I would, I would use my faith as an excuse to cross the boundary line. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it was the, it's like the balancing of like, no. The boundary is my faith. This is my faith and my relationship with God. These are my convictions. They're not his. He wasn't the one who was convicted to start going to church. It was mine. So it was just understanding yeah. that this is something God has spoken to me. And I have and, to let God do what he needs to do for my husband separately. Yeah. What a powerful story. Thank you for sharing that. And I think something um, that I think can resonate with a lot of my listeners is, you know, just the fact that like, we can easily allow just like you had to set a boundary just to you 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 didn't want your faith was not going to be compromised that's for sure mm-hmm. right that's one boundary you're like nothing's going to compromise compromise my relationship with god and and i think that conviction um is something that we all need to have in in all our situations i think one of the things i talk about in my podcast is uh all, how we easily allow Outside stuff like this, let's say even things like distractions, all kinds, whether it's people that might not be important to deal with right now, like you can, you know, schedule that or or situations that can be put to hold because 
you can deal with that after you have your time with God or, you know, or, you know, having other situations or people like really uh, not having a healthy boundary of maybe if it, they're affecting you emotionally and you're just like, instead of going to God, you're just allowing that to take over you. Like there's all these things that can get in our way and they're either distractions or um, we're just, yeah, we're just not watching. We're not protecting. I think that's the word protecting our relationship with God. And I know mm -hmm. in our marriages, very similar, like we have to protect our relationship in our marriage. I agree that, you know, I know the Bible does say if unbeliever, if unbel an unbeliever wants to leave, he can, that that's like one of those exceptions. But at the mm -hmm. same time, I also believe that God wants us to fight for our marriages when mm -hmm. at all possible, right. And, and, in any, and every way, and, you know, if they want to leave, they'll leave something very similar happened with me and my story. A lot of the women in my podcast know. Um, and so that is very, not exactly the story is different, but, but as similar as in, if they want to leave, let them leave. And so that was kind of like my story. Um, only the big difference was that both of us were not in a believing place or just, I was mm -hmm. um, sort of a prodigal daughter because at the time mm -hmm. I still believed in God. But um, so, you know, I, I know that that is difficult to do, but you can't make someone right uh, do anything. Right. So so I thank you for sharing that, because I think that is so applicable to us. I think we need to I think you would agree with me that we need to really protect our relationship with, of course, if we're married with our spouses, we ha we mm -hmm. got to be able to foster it, nurture it, communicate and similarly and even more our relationships with God. So, mm -hmm. so thank you for, for speaking on that. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. What are uh, maybe a couple of practical tips you can give the sisters here on how they can set proper boundaries to protect their relationship with God without feeling guilty? Yes, of course. And I'll make this uh, quick because I know we are running short on time, but I think it's really important to understand um, some of these tips. So some of the things I want to start with, if we're talking about a relationship with God, the first thing that we should start with is scripture, right? And so I'm going to, the three scriptures that come to mind with this is John 15, 5, which is, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So if we think about it, what kind of fruit do you think you're going to bear if you don't protect this relationship with God? In Matthew 7, 17, he says, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad truth. Sorry, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. And then in verse 19, he says, this by their fruit, you will recognize them. So again, he's talking about like, how are you going to recognize the children of God? And then in Matthew 12, 34, Jesus says, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the mouth, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I use these three verses. I give them as an example to understand the idea of the importance of our time with God. And I'm sure you talk about this on your podcast all the time, right? And in my program, like I teach wives how to be fueled with grace. That's kind of what I, one of the tenets of what I teach, right? And so how can we be so fueled with this grace and love of God uh, that it overflows out of our own hearts and lives and into 
everybody else, right? So remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So that can't be done without being connected to the vine. So the practical tips that I want to give you, there's three. Number one, in terms, the first one is not to feel guilty. Now that might be like, wait a minute, what do you mean? Three tips without feeling guilty. And the first tip is to not feel guilty. And this is what I want to impress on the audience. Given the past three scriptures that I have given you talks about that talk about the importance of this and understanding just in the same way that in an airplane you have to put your mask on for first if that plane is going down or you cannot pour from an empty cup if you're not filled up if you're not prayed up then you cannot be the best wife and mother so when you're worried about feeling guilty about giving god your time and and all of that this is why you should not feel guilty because I don't know about you, but for me, if I am not those things, I'm not the best wife. Like I'm just, I'm not good. I'm actually doing my family a disservice when I am not in that place. Now, remember, it doesn't necessarily mean that you uh, should be out there spending so much time serving in ministry and all that. I'm talking about your personal relationship with God. Like that is the one thing you should not feel guilty for. Cause I'm, I've certainly been guilty of spending too much time serving in ministry. So much time, like I said, it mentioned in my story that it ended up causing harm to my family. So in those places I have been able to adjust, but the one place I do not sacrifice is with my alone time with God, my routine. So number two is establish a routine. So I'm sure uh, you talk about this, Rosie, right? I call it my grace fuels routine, but whatever that looks like for you. So how are you staying connected to the vine? What are you doing when that routine gets thrown off? And how long are you going to be, how long will you allow it to be thrown off? So for me, you know, maybe we're on vacation and maybe I don't get in my devotional time for a day or two. But I know that if too much time goes by, then I'm totally off. And you'll know that you've got a solid routine because you just don't feel right. Like your body, just something in your soul does not feel right if you don't have that quiet time for yourself. And then number three, the how, right? So how can we carve out this time for yourself? And I get it. Like we have kids, we have work. I said before, I have two kids, two jobs, one husband. I'm in grad school full time. So we have all the things. But what I found is what are the holes in my day? Where are the places that I can cut out? And sometimes it means scrolling on Facebook. Sometimes it means watching TV or sometimes it means reading a book that is, you know, and, and again, there's nothing wrong with reading, but sometimes it just means taking little parts of that and carving that out. So for me, it means I wake up at five o'clock in the morning every day. And that is the time that works for me because I need to be alone and I want to do it before my kids wake up and my husband wakes up. For other people, maybe it's at the end of the day and that's how they wind down. And for other people, it's in the middle of the day, maybe after, you know, maybe you're a work from home mom or stay at home mom. And it's like once the kids are down for a nap or they've gone to school for the day and it's just taking even if it's 15 minutes, and I think for so long, I used to feel guilty about just giving 15 minutes to God because I felt like he deserved so much more. But what happened was because I felt guilty about my 15 minutes, he was getting nothing. Hmm. But when you just give him 15 minutes, he can yeah. do so much with a little. Oh, so if yeah. we just give him that 15 minutes, we will start to see, oh my goodness. Like you'll start to see how quickly now all of a sudden that 15 minutes turns into a direct line. And I am talking to him all day, every day. 
Oh, yeah. And like, I'm washing the dishes and I'm like, Lord, you know, and mm-hmm. like, I'm in a constant, it's almost like, you know, when you have like a, a text thread with your bestie that just never yeah. ends, like you're just like this <laughs> ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, these are, these are my prayers throughout the whole day. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It's like of this course. ongoing conversation with him. Mm-hmm. And for some people, even maybe it's driving. Like I've found a lot of, uh, you know, when I, when I used to, I live in New York city, so I don't drive very often, but when I, for a small time, I was in the suburbs and I had to drive for my commute. And that for me was a great time. Cause I was alone in my car and I had an hour long commute and I just sat with God. I would listen to worship music and like, we would just hang out. Like, I just felt like I would feel his presence in the car. And this was especially during the time I was separated from my husband is, is when this was happening. And that was the time for me that it filled me up so that by the mm. time I got home and I knew he was mm-hmm. going to be there and I knew I wanted to fight with him, I would sit in my car and I would be like, Lord, you know, what's in my heart and it's not nice. So I'm right now. I just ask you to just remove it, take it out, mm-hmm. fill it with your grace mm-hmm. so that when I walk through that door, my words are not my own. They're yours. That's powerful. And every time I walk through the door, like in my, it was like an out of body experience because I wanted to be like, like this raging maniac to him because I was angry and I was hurt and I, all these things. And instead it was like the, holy spirit's peace and he was Mm -hmm. just like who are you and it was a beautiful thing and then what ended up happening is i was able to give god the glory for every i'm like it's jesus because there's a whole lot of things inside me i want to say to you right but but, you know that crazy christian wife you didn't want well the crazy is gone thank you to jesus (laughs) thanks to jesus (laughs) (laughs) thank you so so much that's awesome Those would be my quick tips, I guess. Wow, that's that's no, that's incredible, and it's so practical. And I I I talk about it like that's one of the things. Like I have on a daily fifteen to twenty minutes, maybe, (laughs) and and then on my weekends is when I get a little more time because I I call them my dates with God, right? Where I, you know, you go on a date with your husband, you you communicate more on that day. You go have fun. You have you know you have more quality time with him. And, and that's what we have to do with God too. That's the, one of the things I teach. So absolutely no guilt for having 15 minutes. I mean, that's, that's amazing. And you're absolutely right. So thanks for sharing all those tips, Beatrice. And I know, um, I love your story. It's very powerful. And I love what you're doing with women, helping them be the grace field wife. And I know I have listeners for a fact that would love to hear more from you and your podcast and maybe even reach out to you. So how can my listeners connect with you? Sure. Um, I'm easily found on all the platforms at the Grace Fueled Wife. So the podcast is called the Grace Fueled Wife. There, there's like, uh, I don't know, almost 200 episodes of teaching and all this value that I, I give in terms of your marriage and staying close to God and communication, all that. It's all free right there in the podcast. If you wanted to reach out to me specifically on Facebook, Instagram, I'm the Grace Fueled Wife, or even my Facebook group, which is the Grace Fueled Wives Club in uh, on Facebook, but check out the Grace Fueled Wife anywhere and they'll find it. Oh, awesome. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Beatrice. This has been a really nice conversation and I loved hearing your story, especially. And I think it will resonate with a lot. It has already resonated, I'm sure, with a lot of women here that have listened. So, and thank you for the tips. Thank you for the practical tips that um, really, uh, I'm like, see, I'm not the only one saying this. Beatrice is too. (laughs) (laughs) Affirming that. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. 
Uh, ladies, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you so much for, you know, just giving us your time. I know it's very precious and valuable. And we both pray that this has blessed you. And I will see you in the next one. Hey, sister, if this episode encouraged or blessed you in some way, and the best thing you can do is share it with a friend. Also, I would love it if you join me in my Facebook community, Intentional Bible Study for Christian Women. There is an amazing sisterhood encouraging one another and praying for each other. And sister, if you've ever thought about connecting deeper with God through a consistent, powerful, and uniquely designed Bible study routine that works just for you and your time needs, look no further because I am your mentor and friend and your coach, and I can help you. All you need to do is write me at coachwithrosie at gmail.com. You can connect with me there, or you can check out theintentionalchristianwoman.com for more details. Lastly, if you haven't done so yet, I would invite you to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the way that I know this show is blessing you. My sister, I love you, know that I'm praying for you, and I will see you in the next one.